What's up, everyone? This is Charlie Maverick, and you are now tuned in to another Backyard Pitmaster podcast. I'm your host and the pitmaster of Maverick Barbecue. This show is brought to you by StreamYard and the great folks over at the Maverick Podcast Network. Hey, how you doing? Happy Sunday, fun day. You know what's going on. We're getting ready for football games. We're recovering from, you know, the, the Braves win last night. Some of y'all are happy. Some of y'all are not so happy. But... You're here with us today, and we thank you. We're going to have some fun, talk about everything live fire. I have a long-term, long-term guest host and was co-host at some point of the Mavcast podcast, but the first time to the Pitmaster podcast. Now, you know him better as Jimmy Jimbo Banks, but... I like to call him a brother from another muddy. You know what I'm talking about? How you been, Jimmy? And how's the world around you? I've been doing real good. The world is good around me, too. Always That's working. good. You know how that goes? Yeah, yeah. 2021 is almost over. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Went by so um, It goes by so fast. It does. It feels like, it always feels like as soon as you get past labor day it's like a downhill slope <laughs> you know oh yeah it ain't a downhill slope it's a um a big slope it's like a avalanche yeah. time and once you hit halloween which is quickly approaching us then you're like oh man i probably waited too long to order those christmas presents <laughs> oh crap i gotta go look for a turkey Oh, man. Well, what are we going to do about New Year's? Don't know. Got to figure out your travel plan. Your time off from work. Speaking of work, um, how is life treating you in terms of business and, and the the whole atmosphere of the pandemic? Well, it never, never stopped. I'm always worked. I worked through the whole thing, seven, six days a week. What type of business do you have? I own, I'm a part owner of an electrical company and a owner of a um, low voltage company doing surround sounds, TVs, all that kind of good stuff. Security oh. cameras. That's dope. So the podcast, so the, the, the pandemic, I mean, has not slowed the progress of your production at all. It probably accelerated it, didn't it? Uh-oh. I think we lost you, Jimmy. I'm back. I'm back. My phone I had a phone call. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But so, I'm back now. Yeah, you might want to put that on Do Not Disturb. Um, but the the pandemic didn't slow down your production, did it? It probably accelerated it, increased it. Yeah, it did increase it because all the customers that we um mainly do is millionaires, so they didn't want to. They want the house built today, not tomorrow. <laughs> That's true. And I thought kind of like things would slow down because of the supply chain issue that's haunting everyone in some some aspect of life. I know people are waiting for furniture like back order for like uh, another year. Um, crazy. But has it slowed down the production of 
what you do because you, you put the electrical and while they're building the frame. So it's basically the, 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 the speed of the completion is depending about the whole project being, you know, going along at a certain time. Right. Yeah. Normally your, your, um, houses usually take anywhere from six, eight, six months to a year and a half to all depends on what's all in detail and the, um, plans and everything. Oh, well, it's good that the business is doing well. Uh, you're located in Charleston, South Carolina. What's the name of? I know you. I'm not, you told me in the pre-show that you guys are too busy, but just in case, for future reference, if somebody wants to hire you for a job, um, electrical side is Bentonville yeah. Incorporated. Okay. And the little voter side is Jimbo Electronics. Jimbo Electronics. Yeah, man. You put in some lighting for Harry, our friend. Um, yeah do good work man i like that i need to need to figure out how i'm gonna do lights in the kitchen i'm not sure if we're gonna sell anytime soon we're trying to see how the market goes but definitely oh, be in touch it's definitely a time to sell if you want to sell but the but the buy the the price is high as well so oh, doesn't yes, but believe me you would get more for your house now and you will have enough money to buy the other house. Oh, hold on. Let me pack up my things. Then. Oh. <laughs> let me let me get my shit ready to go. All depends on what kind of house you have. I see bidding wars on these houses sometimes. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think everything is in a selling type of mood. You know, if you sell your used car... And it's probably what used to be worth like five thousand. You might get maybe over ten. I've seen that in some cases. This is weird. Oh yeah, used cars market right now is off the off the chain too because a lot of people ain't buying new cars because they can't get a new car. Right, because there's that chip shortage. Yep. Yeah, I'm waiting to long term get an electrical car. I want that. I saw this truck. I forgot the name of the company, but Ford. they were they were um, partially owned by Ford and Amazon. It was business they invested in. I got to send you the video for that. I watched it yesterday. That is the dopest truck that I've seen. Better than the Cybertruck, too, because you don't look like an idiot driving it. <laughs> All that I still don't like about the electric cars, they um, the battery life don't last too long if you get in traffic. That's true. Um, and the other thing is the the whole grid that they were supposed to set up at a certain rate, but they didn't. And you still have, I mean, you have that whole Volkswagen thing about the EPA. They were supposed to invest in a whole bunch of uh, Electrify America type of electric places to charge a car. You know, I always wonder, like the big oil companies, assume you're going to have to figure out how to get out of the game because, you know, fossil fuels will fade away at certain points. Maybe not for commercial or whatever, but you would think that they would try to get some charging stations at their gas station just so they can pull in the business and, and add on a restaurant. You know, like, you know, some of them country um, gas stations have like a Wendy's attached to it or, or some type of restaurant. Yeah, you're talking about like the pallets, um, the, um, the trucking station ones. Yeah. And I'm like. Why don't y'all see opportunity here and just have at least like two charging stations right there while, while people, you know, just get something to eat. You can drive business to the, you know, the convenience store 
I, I think that's a missed opportunity, man. Because you see the Chargers station in some weird ass places, like a restaurant that even like I I thank you for forcing me to sit down at your restaurant that I will I wasn't really that hungry. <laughs> you know? This hipster place where you gotta do some yoga. Man, I don't wanna do no yoga. I don't wanna do no yoga while I wait. It's just this dumb. Or Walmart that has the gas stations, or somebody like that that has a gas station in a big ass store right by it. Why don't you just have that there? Let them come in and shop. You know, Best Buy does this. I've seen it at Best Buy, so they're smart. Because you know you've been Best Buy for a long time because nobody wants to help you. Nope. <laughs> they go the opposite way. <laughs> they see you come to like, oh, shit. It's, it's almost time for my break. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It is time for my break. <laughs> I know how to feel because you, <laughs> I worked a food service before. And I'm like, just... Just about five minutes before your break, you always get that person that's long-winded and act like they don't know what the hell they came there for. <laughs> like, it just threw off my whole day, man. I was hungry. I was about to get me a honey bun. And damn, that's, now I can't get a honey bun. Um, does Fool and Electronics need some help? Fool and Electronics need some help. <laughs> it's loud all over the intercom. No, the, the private radios. You know what I mean. They, they, they all they all got them down to the stores, like the electronic stores. Oh yeah, that is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who started that? Old Navy or the Gap? Like they were not that big to be having walkie talkies, but I get it. Like Walmart, customer assistant in electronics. Damn. Yeah, nobody's in electronics. That <laughs> pisses me off, dude. Like every time I go to Walmart, and I. Walmart, I know what I'm coming to get. So just have somebody at the register. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I need something out of the cage because they just think people are like stealing all this random stuff. You still got to make it out the door. Stupid asses. But I got to stand there for like 15 minutes. I got to ask somebody that passes by in a Walmart uh, vest that doesn't have a key to anything and know anything about electronics. This is weird. Um, just pass by and they're lingering there. So like, hey, can you help me with this thing? They're like, oh, I don't, I don't work in this department. Let me go find somebody. And you know when they go in the back, oh, shit, it's gonna be they a go good ten break. minutes before they come out because they might use that excuse to like, well, it's time for me to go and break. <laughs> if I can't find them, I gotta try to help them. <laughs> and plus two with Walmart, you got about nine hundred security cameras you got to get past before you can steal anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just leave it. Put the thing on the on the damn shelf, man. Like, come on. Come on, Walmart. The video games, I think we're past that point where, hey, if you're going to have shoplifters, you're going to have shoplifters. Take it as a, you got insurance. Take it as a loss. <laughs> I can't deal with that shit. I just can't deal with it. But, so Jimmy, I'm glad you're on the podcast. It's been a long time uh, since May that you've been on the podcast network, but you're a first timer to the Backyard Pitmaster podcast. What made you want to start grilling? And when did you start grilling? Was that a young age? Uh, did you see somebody in your family grill? Did you see something on TV? What what got you into the whole rite of passage of live and live fire cooking? I needed to eat. <laughs> <She's> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
what age did you have this realization that you need to eat? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be sound stupid. Um, I never really was into cooking, but last couple, like three or four years. Three or four years? That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, hey, better late than never. But what'd you start off cooking first? Steaks. It had to be steaks. America's oh, yeah. love. The the the. The, I think the steak, I think the steak is the main reason why people get grills. Cause you know, I'm thinking like just if you want burgers and hot dogs, you got all these indoor appliances that get you almost there. And you you know, you can put some liquid smoke on there if you're adventurous. <laughs> I hate that shit. Um, but steaks, that's where you draw a line. Like, I need that grill flavor with the steak. And you said ribeye is your favorite cut. Yes. What type of ribeye? Um, bone out. Bone out. So it's, it has to be the, a thick cut, I assume. Of course. All right. How you how you cook it? You, you, how, what temperature do you like it at? Do you like I, it medium rare, rare? I prefer medium rare. So that's about 130-ish, I believe, right? I think so, yes. So, how did you get to the point where you were good at achieving your target temperature and not going over or under? By um, pressing on the meat, because when you're um, in the rare and medium rares, it's um, more tender, I think it is, or mm-hmm. it's more squishier. Yeah, it's squishy. Yeah. Yeah. If you go, um, you can tell <laughs> the difference between medium and well Hold done. Hold on. You, you pressed. You press on the squishy part. <laughs> um, you can see like the um more of you can tell when the um I don't know that's how I could tell by just um pressing on it really. Well, I mean, yeah, that that is the technical. You know, chefs would just press in the middle to see how what the firmness is because the the further along in the temp you get, the more firm it's going to be. To yes. your point, yeah. So <laughs> I was being funny, but that that is how you do. <laughs> Me, I'm so like. Anal retentive. I got to use a meat probe. You know, I try to eyeball it sometimes. Indoor is a little bit easier. Like if I use a griddle, I can just time the flip. You know, I can say, oh, I need to be to this temperature. Uh, I'll keep it this side for like three minutes. I'll keep it this side for this duration of time. Keep flipping it or whatever. And I usually do it with like thinner cuts. But if it's a, if it's a thick meat, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to mess that one up because more than likely, of course, because it's larger, it's going to cost more money. And especially in the climate that we live at today, I don't know about you, but it's hard to find a nice ribeye that isn't like out of your your threshold of like, man, do I really want to get this? <laughs> like, it's price too high. I would. Can I tell you a story real quick, Jimmy? Go ahead, Buck. So, I was in Walmart the other week, and I was looking for a thick-cut ribeye, preferably a cowboy ribeye. Um, and I noticed something, Walmart. Maybe because of the time of day it was, but I doubt it, because it usually doesn't matter. But they had no steaks. Okay, they had two steaks. And they were really thin ribeyes, maybe the size of the inner part of 
your, your palm, like the main part of your hand, like the palm. But it was just as flat as your palm. Maybe thinner. And I tell you, these were there were only two packets They're on the top shelf. And that doesn't mean that it's the best, but it was on the top shelf and it was priced at $30. I said, F no, I'm going to another store. <laughs> yep, because ribeye right now is like $19 a pound, I think. It used to be about twelve thirteen for a good size. And it was it was kind of like a impulse buy. You're like, oh man, I get me a treat. But now it's like it's going on the edge of I don't know. I don't know. Is it worth it? Should I do it? Now, if you got a whole crowd of people, it's definitely going to creep up to be really expensive. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know. You're going to have to get some thin cuts out of this. I, I hate to take this cut and go all the way down to really thin. And I'm like, ah, well, you know, unless I flip it real quick, it's going to be overdone. I hate thin steaks because the margin of error is a lot less. And I like, it. I don't like steak like that, but if I have to eat steak, I want it to be medium in the middle. And to get that and to enjoy it, I really like to have the majority of it to be medium. medium. So I want a thicker cut. And the thin shit doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't do, it doesn't, it's not my we, jam. We ain't making a ribeye sandwich. No. Although... Although, if you have some leftover thick-cut ribeye that you didn't eat, that is a great repurpose for it, though. Or tacos. You gotta say. Yeah. You put some chimichurri on top of that. I'm just saying. Side note. Harry made a chimichurri um, marinade on a flank steak that brought over during the summer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you haven't had chimichurri before, look it up on YouTube. Change your life. It smells a little funky at first, but holy shit, it will change your life. It's uh, it's actually healthy for you, you know, aside from all the oil that you put in. Uh, yeah, but it's a good use for a um, uh, leftovers. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't make. No, I'm not, I'm not buying a thin steak just for the purpose of overcooking it. We just got to sacrifice to do something different. That's Which right. led me to the whole thing about. Finding an alternative for steak. So I went into the store and I saw some pork products. And pork has gone up and down over time. I know at Costco, you get the, the three pack of baby back ribs that usually cost you like maybe $25, cost you like $65 now. Crazy shit. But I'm like, hey, there's this thing called pork steaks that I like. Have you ever had a pork steak? No. Let me tell you about a pork steak, man. I'm about to sell you on this, just in case. And this is not going to be a substitute for beef steak. I just want to preface that. But if you like, if you like pork, and that's your jam, this is a great way to get a lot of that pulled pork flavor into a steak-like texture. I'll tell you how to do it. Are you ready for this, Jimmy? Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, I'm ready for it. I don't think I talked about this on the podcast before, but it's a pork steak. I've been trying pork steak out for a minute, a hot minute, because I thought, "Mm, this is a cut of a pork shoulder, really, really good in a muscular tissue, 
really good stuff, which translates into a lot of flavor and a lot of tenderness if you cook it right. And you can't cook it quick because a lot of intermuscular tissue means, you know, you just got to take your time with it. You want to make sure you optimize the tenderness. You want you don't want to cook this really fast and then you're like, ah, oh, it's chewy. You don't want to do that. So what I did was I found a pack of pork steaks, pretty good price, about $13 for a pack of four. Good price for this day and age. And I didn't didn't do any trimming to it. It looked perfect. It's hard to get a bad pork steak cut because it comes from you know the pork shoulder. Every cut's good. It has the little bit of, I, I don't know if people, people maybe not know what the money muscle is, but a lot of competition cooks talk about the money muscle. And that's what the part is that, ooh, that is that is the that is the defining point. The, the the great part of that cut of meat. So I tried to cook it like a pork shoulder. Stay with me here because you're like, you're cooking like a steak like a pork shoulder? Because you know you got to do that low and slow, right? Just you, you can't rush a pork shoulder to get pulled pork at least. You can't rush it. So you got to take your time. This is going to be an easy concept. So I did real easy. Didn't have to make it complicated at all, people. Don't have to make it complicated at all. I took I took some seasoned salt, pepper, and garlic powder, granulated garlic, and just seasoned it with that. No binder at all. Didn't need it. The moisture was enough on the surface. Didn't need a binder. Let it rest while I brought up the grill. And this is where I talk about my new um, product that I tried out. So it takes a long time to start a grill right? The charcoal grill. You use gas grill. doesn't take that long into to get the temperature, maybe like five minutes. So you made a comment <laughs> that you don't like charcoal grills in the pre-show because it takes a long time, right? That's right. Yeah, you don't, you don't got time to do that because you're busy. You know, you come home after a hard day of work and you don't want to sit and wait for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes for the grill to heat up with charcoal. Cool. So I got this thing that looks like a, uh, a hair dryer. <laughs> And before you like, oh, Charlie, using the hair dryer on the charcoal grill, but here, here it is. So it's a it's electro and it's an electro torch. You, you plug it into the outlet, it has a nice outdoor cord, get an extension cord, plug it into your electricity, and you turn it on the first speed. And that one blows like I think it's close to a thousand degrees of heat, and it lights up your coal like real quick. Then you then all I did was. I turned it on the second setting, which blows hot air. And within five minutes, I was up to the temperature that I wanted to be at, which was 275. All right, cool. So I also put on some wood pellets using a, a smoke tube. That, that's the thing I want to do, getting smoke into it, because what I found out, there was temperature swings and a little bit too much smoke being applied to thinner cuts of meat. But if I use big wood chunks, right? Don't want to do that. So I did that. Then I, I put it on the grill, and it probably took maybe about two hours to get to the color that I wanted to get to. And you want to get, you want to cook it kind of like ribs or basically like a pork, but you want to get that color first. The color is what matters. You want a good bark because if you eat a steak, what do you want? What do you want on a steak? Like if you pay good money on a steak, there's two things you want. You want to get cooked the temperature, and you want a good crust on it, right? 
That's right. But you don't cook this steak, this pork steak, like a beef steak. You cook it like a pork butt. So to get that good crust on it, you're trying to get a a a kind of the texture of it. If you were doing pulled pork, you want you want to get that type of little firm texture on your meat. And how you find that out is if you can run your finger across the surface. Just run your finger and None of the seasoning moves, and it is a nice mahogany color. It's time to wrap it, which is what you would do if you do ribs or pork butt. This is really easy, right? It's a real easy concept. What I did this time around, which I didn't do, is I used a mop sauce that I used on my pulled chicken, which I'll talk about in the next episode that is going to be about getting ready for a turkey day because that is that technique is transferable because it's poultry. But I used a mop sauce. And the mop sauce that I used comprised of a few things. Um, apple cider vinegar, onion, which is sautéed, almost caramelized, but not caramelized yet. Some thyme, a little bit of Carolina gold seasoning, um, uh, barbecue sauce. And that's for the sweet. Now, the, op- the opposite of the sweet, I wanted to heat to balance out everything. So I took one of those. I don't know, have you ever seen the, the pepper sauce? I think. Yes. It, so it has peppers in it. It's in a jar, but it has, it's filled with vinegar. Mm-hmm. So I took that, and but I didn't use the pepper sauce itself. I used the peppers that were in it, put put like three or four in it. And I don't know if you ever did that before. And people, if you've never used the peppers inside the pepper sauce jar, change your life. <laughs> you got to watch out because it is spicy if you cook with it. But change your life. So I cooked this down. Added water, of course, to dilute it. I cooked this down for about 30 minutes, and this was the leftover of that. And I put a little bit on the foil, on the bottom of the foil, because I'm going to wrap it. You can use it with butcher paper, whatever you want to use. Um, put a little bit on there to retain that moisture, help everything you know, kind of steam in there and get to the, the tenderness that you want. Had a little bit of the leftover onions in there, so I put it on top, just a few of them, not all of them, and wrapped it up real tight. Like made it like a, a pocket. So you want to have the sides folded in. Kind of like if you were to wrap a gift, like a Christmas gift. There's a technique to that. So basically you you pull in the sides first, like um, the, the long ways. So the width of the, the, the meat, you're going to fold in first. And then on the edges, you roll that up. So what you're going to do with that later, this is how you check for doneness without unwrapping the whole thing and the meat needs meaning to like lose all the juice or if you want to let it rest you you can transfer the stuff and the juice won't fall out so you, you got your little boat that's covered right let that go on the, you know, the barbecue for about an hour that's all you need so maybe like two and a half hours close to three hours this will take you from start to finish let it sit let it rest for a good hour or so maybe two hours as long as you can it'll be fine i took it off and jimmy let me tell you let me tell you i couldn't i usually i wait till the next day to to, to try to get this stuff you know tasted i want to let it rest and let all the juices like redistribute inside of it and let it you know just get happy in the fridge you take it out you ever had leftover turkey of course you have right of course some sometimes that leftover turkey that you pull out the next day after eating from Thanksgiving is better than the day you you cooked it, right? 
Uh-huh. Of course. Has a chance to get all those flavors back into it. Get happy. They're, they're, they're building a family and there are flavors for your mouth. And you 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 take it out. You just gotta heat it up a little bit. And dude, I'm telling you, this was the best pork steak that I've ever done. You gotta cook it exactly like you would ribs or a pork butt. And for the price that you save on it versus steak right now, that's a good alternative. As long as you like pork, you gotta like pork though. I don't know. You gotta like that's pork. You there, you gotta like pork. Gotta like pork. There's a lot of people that don't like pork. I don't knock you. I don't knock you. Those are for health and religious regions. Hey, uh, who am I <laughs> to say that you're wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm living no. wrong. I wouldn't mark it, but if I see a pig walk across my um, lawn, I'm definitely cutting his throat. Well, damn. That's just kind of violent, Jimmy. But as long as... <laughs> I got to kill the thing somehow. That's the quickest one. That's true. Hey, there's a zombie apocalypse coming. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's coming. So only. You, you, you're going to have to get ready to butcher your own meat. Like, kill it and butcher it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like I said, headshots only. <laughs> headshots only. I, I thought you were going to cut the neck, man. I thought you were going to go for the neck. Yeah, I'm cutting his head off. But, but headshots. You're gonna you go all right. So you're going to shoot in the head first. Uh-huh. And to slow it down, because you ain't trying to chase a pig. Hell no. I'm too old and old and fat for that now. <laughs> uh, you, you're early 40s, man. Shout out. I'm older than you. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't mean anything. You acting like you um you in your your eighties or something. I feel like it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I won't debate that. We I got random aches and pains sometimes. Like, what did I do to deserve that pain right there? I don't I don't think I did anything. I, I think I slept right. I think I turned my body. My whole shoulders feeling like somebody just hit me with a bat. Yeah. I'm not saying this happened, but could you imagine if somebody like hit you with one of those aluminum bats? But it didn't dislocate your shoulder, but it really fucked it up and with pain, like really bad. Mm-mm. That's when I'm like, yeah, I wake up and I'm like, how did this shit happen? How did that happen? I don't know. Life is weird, but yeah, I feel your pain. Not really, but I understand. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. So you'd like to tailgate. Yeah, I like to go to them. You've been to a couple of uh, college tailgates. Um, yeah, you're Clemson. a Clemson fan. Yeah. What type of things do they have out in at the tailgate? Oh, man, you can find anything that you want at that tailgate. What's the craziest thing you, you saw out there? I think I heard somebody was um, roasting an alligator. Ooh, that actually sounds great. I've been wanting no, I, to do that. It sounds pretty good, but I didn't try it. Yeah. I've had alligator before. It, oh, it tastes like chicken. Especially the tail. Yeah. So is the tail the only thing you can eat or can you eat other parts? You can eat everything. It's um you got I've seen people um just like um everything. They um barbecue it, um make hamburger patties, anything you can think of. Well, I've had elk, I've had 
I've been meaning to have emu. You, you ever had emu? No. <laughs> I saw that on one of the Travel Channel shows, and I'm like, that's interesting. Emu. It's a bird, but it's red meat. Hmm. And they, they but, treat but, it like but, steak. But most of these um, exotic animals is uh, more leaner than um, beef. That is true. So more healthier. Yeah, but like, could you imagine all those import costs? Oh, yeah, you got that. Not, not, yeah, emu, yeah, probably not. Deer, alligator, rabbit. I mean, we got all that in the United States. Did you know what an emu was before delivery mutual commercials came out? Like, <laughs> like who out there knew what an emu was, first of all? Like, there's a 50-50 chance you're lying. But, <laughs> like, leave a message on Anchor. Or send a message to me on social media at Charlie Maverick. Just say, hey, I knew what Emu was before the Liberty Mutual commercial. I'll probably go call you a liar, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt a little bit, depending on who it was. You know, if I feel like you're lying, because you can tell when some people haven't been experienced or some shit, you know, because they don't oh. know nothing else about what was on TV, but they knew about nothing else with life. They don't know who the president is. I don't know how you do that. And, but they knew what an emo was. Come on, Who you they live beneath the rock, right? They're asking like, "Hey, um, who was the first president of the United States?" Um, I don't um, know, but I know Tom what an emo. Sawyer. <laughs> you know the what? <laughs> emu. <laughs> you don't know goddamn emu. <laughs> it's like the Jay Leno um, people on the street, They're like. Hey, do you know this? Seems like an intelligent person because they're a teacher. I don't know shit. Nope. It'll be funny if there's a like a science teacher that is asked on a quiz or something. And... How did... No, we can't say that during the show. Shut up, Jamie. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> we about to teach everybody how to do illegal stuff. No, we ain't gonna do that here. <laughs> Even though one rap. Pretty much put it up on one of his um intros in his in his um album. Oh well, yeah, we won't touch on that. <laughs> but but wouldn't it be weird if if the teacher didn't know what an emu was and they teach science class? <laughs> then they're not a teacher. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah. So if you if you knew what an emu was before the Liberty Mutual commercial, I commend you because that was a that's a very obscure thing to know. I only know it by watching the travel network. Just that one time I saw it on a food show. I think it was Bizarre Foods because it was considered as bizarre. And I'm like, oh, they kind of look like um, an ostrich, kind of shorter. Um, oh, it looks like red meat. No one should know that universally what an emu is and how the meat content looks. You know, more like beef than anything else. Nobody should randomly know that, you know? But I'm just saying, if you didn't know that before the commercial, I commend you on knowing random shit. You probably should go on Jeopardy. I don't know. You might get that right. That might be the Daily Double. Who knows? Oh, Take your butt off of Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> because you got to know a little bit more than what that is. Yeah. That means, hey, hey, maybe they got Jeopardy Jr. or something. You know, low-level Jeopardy. Play the game on mobile. If you get past that, you're right for Jeopardy. Maybe you got a good point. You got a good point there, Jimmy. Got a good point. 
you might get a hundred dollars, or but you go to deficit with everything else. <laughs> so, what? How do? How important do you feel it is to prep your meat? It's, it's one of the most important things you got to do is prep the meat, make sure everything's nice and clean cut, and um, not too fatty. Does it take you more time to prep than it does to cook? Not really, no. So you, you worked out a system, I, I'm, I'm thinking, to where you can start to finish in the most efficient time to where it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. I mean, when you get when you get in that groove, you know what to do. Yeah. I, I like to do my prep as early as possible so I can decide if I need to do a marinade or a brine. I don't know. Do you do do you use marinades or brines? I use marinade. I, I never use a brine. So here here's a part of the, a, a very important part of prepping to know when to do either or. Um. So brining. I didn't used to do brining for a long time, but I'm used to marinades because marinades are popular. They they come pre uh bottled, pre bagged. You know. They have some, maybe some dry season that you just got to put some, you know, a little bit of water in. You know, you use salad dressing. Has that a mar- I mean, Italian dressing is a, a good marinade for chicken. You know, just, just use that. Um, it'll break down and tenderize it, and you get the good seasoning out of it. A lot of people do that. But brining, brining is something that I think is used maybe too often or in the wrong context, and. I'll talk about this more when uh, on the podcast for uh, getting ready for Turkey Day, but people think they need to brine everything like a turkey, which turkey, I'll just put out there, um, spoiler alert, you don't need to brine turkey because most of the time it comes pre-brined in that bag. It even says it. It's in the solution. There you go. All right. Anyway, but brining is something that I like to use when I'm mainly doing poultry. Um and it's usually for chicken, not turkey. It's, it's for the fact that I want to get as much salt content in there that I can get. Because uh, I know that if I just season it on the surface, it's usually going to go on top of the skin. And the skin, it's not going to penetrate through the skin most of the time. So you got you to figure out a way to get the flavor inside of the meat past you know the whole thing now you can use a marinade that's fine but let's say if you're going to just smoke the chicken long you know to smoke it you don't want to marinate on there because of the sugar content this is mainly salt content and you can use it if you're frying stuff too you brine your 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 chicken before you fry it you brine before you bake it you brine before you grill it do all that you do it with turkey breast because turkey breast, the, the thing that it does for turkey breast, and it's more beneficial, more beneficial for the, uh, can't talk today, <laughs> more beneficial for the white meat versus the dark meat because turkey breast is known to dry out a lot faster and easier, low margin of error, right? Um, so what you do with the brine is you put mostly salt in there and then you can wash it off later depending on how much salt content you're going to apply to it throughout the course of the cook. Because you got to make sure you're not over-salting everything. you got to figure it out over time. You're probably going to fuck it up the first time, but you'll be okay later. Um, now, what you want to do 
is uh, get that into a, a, a container that it can submerge in just like a marinade, but you, you kind of want to do some aromatics in it, maybe some, some uh, parsley, cilantro, if you like cilantro, uh, onion. Uh, you can add a little bit of citrus. You can add some, um, some people add some sugar to it, like brown sugar, white sugar. Depends on what flavor profile you want to focus more towards too. So you can't really go wrong with the brine, just like you usually, if you, if you pick the right way to do a marinade, um, you can't go wrong with a marinade. Like who doesn't like a marinade? Have you ever used a marinade that you didn't like? No. I mean, well, it's, it's going to give you the flavor that you, nobody you packs a marinade out there unless it's like something that is maybe too spicy or too sugary for the, the person itself. But, Taste-wise, it's going to give you predefined flavor. Now, what brining does more for is to, to give that break down that tenderness over time, where a marinade is to keep that flavor, give it more flavor. So you, you can't go for, you can't substitute a brine. Um, you can't substitute a uh, you can't substitute a marinade with a brine, but you can substitute a little bit a brine for a marinade. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. okay. So I wouldn't, if you wanted to go for more flavor and it was maybe like a, a, a chicken tenderloins or something like that, pork tenderloin, I wouldn't brine that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it at all unless you were definitely trying to not add any type of certain, you know, sauce like flavor to it, or you're going to, Eventually, cook it like it's going to burn. Maybe you want to brine it then, but that, I don't, I don't know. You, you should be cooking it low and slow anyway just to get the temperature. I wouldn't cook that hot and fast. But um, I would I would love doing that in terms of uh, the marinade because it comes pre-marinated a lot of the times. That's, that's a good thing to use it for. But if you're doing like a big cut of meat, a big, big cut of meat, like a whole chicken or a whole turkey, that it has not been in that solution already. I wouldn't marinate those big things. It's it's not going to get enough of the flavor I think penetrated in that you think it's going to. It will help, and it, it's not going to hurt, but it's going to not give you the salt content that you need to be pushed in there because it's too thick. It doesn't have uh, the ability for the salt to break through, and that's what you really need. The salt you can do dry brine too, without any liquid like water but thing is hey you got to get flavor in there somewhere so brining is easy to do you get you just got to know when to do it and how long to do it if you brine something for more than 24 hours it might get mushy <laughs> you can marinate something for a couple of days and you're good that's good you're fine as long as you keep the temperature in the refrigerator fine that's you're good you can put that marinade, you can take it in the cooler, you're fine. You, admit, you brine something for more than a day, you're going to hate yourself. <laughs> Trust me, I know this. Trust me. Jimmy, do not put that, mar that brine in that thing. That thing in that brine. That thing in that brine. That brine in that thing. And walk away from it and forget about it. When you come back to it, you wonder why your chicken is mushy. <laughs> tastes, like, tastes like McDonald's chicken. You don't want that, Jimmy. You don't want that. 
So when it comes to grilling, have you ever had a flare-up? Not really. I always I always put my grill on low when I put everything on, on it. So I had a flare-up in the past. I had many flare-ups. Um, and a lot of the times it was on a gas grill. A lot of the time. And I was probably cooking chicken. More like we're cooking chicken. Or now, ham. Or ham, yep. So what I found out, there is a good way to mitigate flare-up. One thing I did find is you definitely got to clean your grill frequently. Because if you, let's say you cook chicken on there or steak or something and there's grease buildup. Because when you cook stuff on the grill, it's going to go, the grease is going to go somewhere. Unless you know how to continuously catch it in a pan or something. It's going to build up grease somewhere. Residual grease, yes. Now, what happens is if you don't clean it, then that heat is going to put the the kind of chemical compound to that that grease that's left on that dirty grease, and then when that new grease is introduced, ooh, they they're not happy. They they don't get along too well. So the old grease is trying to kick the new grease out. So you get the flare up. It was like get the hell out of my house. I was here first, you know. But if if the old grease ain't in there, they can't kick the new grease out. They can't kick it out. You know what I mean? It's not, that's, a, that's a weird analogy, but it, that's what I mean. So you got to make sure you, you actually clean your grill frequently before you use it again. And this is one of the reasons why I don't like propane grills, because I'm lazy, and I know I'm not going to clean it out enough to avoid a flare-up. I never have, <laughs> and I know my limitations. I probably won't. This is, this is one reason also well, why I'm hesitant to get a an offset or anything other than a kettle grill. I just know at some point I'm going to be too lazy. So how often do you actually clean the inside of your, your um, like the heating elements and all that of your grill? Or do you just wait till it goes out and buy another one? Wait till it goes out and buy another one? See, that's the American way. <laughs> a lot of people do that. And, and I think it's the fact that it's the work that you have to put into cleaning that thing. It's not fun. It is totally not fun. I don't know if you are, it, it depends on the person. If they are inclined to the talent to, to disassemble and assemble things back whenever they need to. Some people don't have that skill set. You know, they, they might be uncomfortable with taking the heat element off because there's a little pin there. Sometimes the pin breaks, you know, just because of the heat. Depends on how it's made, and then it doesn't matter. You try to go clean it like a you 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 try to do your due diligence. You go in, try to take stuff off so you can clean it. Pin breaks. You're like shit, or something goes out while you're trying to clean it. Like shit, never doing this again. And when a burner goes out, of course, what you do also, you replace it. <laughs> you replace the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> So usually or when people get to the point where they're getting grill. flare-ups, they get they go buy another grill. That's a terrible concept. I don't know why people do that. I get it though. It's a headache. It's a lot easier. It is a headache. That uh, I don't know. And I think that's one thing that steered people away from doing like barbecue for a long time. Is flare-ups and how you deal with them. 
So when you do encounter a flare up, and we got 10 minutes left, when, when we do encounter a flare up, there's a, there's a couple of things that you can do with that. A um, what you said, water? Yeah. This water, yeah. Now, I wouldn't necessarily do that on a propane grill. <laughs> no, be um taking out the propane. <laughs> then you got to start the crap all over again. I also wouldn't recommend the the, the fire extinguisher. Um, I, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> but at some point, now here here's the one thing. Now I say that I say that now now I, there is a, there is a concession to that depending on how bad that flare up is. Or how so, bad the grill is on fire. Exactly. Now if that grill is on fire, you might have lost whatever's in there anyway, depending on how big that fire is. You might as well go get the um the fire extinguisher, blow it on it, and go buy a new grill and start all over. Yep. It, if if you have a bad flare up, just charge it to the game. You just gotta yeah. It's gonna burn out the, the components of it are probably burn out to the point um it's not gonna be functional anymore. <laughs> and if you douse it with enough of uh the the suppressing agent like water or the you know the, the fire extinguisher. It might. I don't know. I don't know what it does to the parts. <laughs> you just gotta deal with it. But if it, if I'm cooking on a kettle grill, and I I had a couple of flare ups, even when I had the grill clean, because the fire just gets up so much. So it's not a really a, like a grease flare up, but it's a an increase of temperature because of wind. Because the more oxygen you have, the more, the, and more intense the fire is. People in California know this. They know oh, yeah. this firsthand because of the fires that they have. So more they, oxygen, more fire. They so have a fire. What you, hmm? They have a fire out there once a month. I don't know if they ever. I don't know if they're ever without a fire. You know, I, I think I always think at some part of California is always burning. It's just that I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's climate change, but somebody has to set those fires. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it ain't climate change over there. They, they always hold fire. Somebody's still flicking those cigarettes out and poosh. You know, it doesn't rain in Southern California. That's what Tony, Tony, Tony said. I'm saying. But how I stop a one of those heat flare ups from, you know, just natural element type things. First thing, just shut down everything, shut down the vents. You don't really have vents on a propane grill, so the vent usually is out the back. Cover that up if you can. I don't know how you do that, <laughs> but um, you probably don't want to. Just, just you know, just charge it to the game. But if you have a grill where you can shut down the vents, shut everything down. You probably lost everything. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you didn't lose what you had on the grill. Maybe you want to take that off first. Have a heat resistant glove. With no flammable sleeves or chemicals on your arm, please don't do it because you'll be on fire then. You might have to. You might have to end up putting water on this thing and starting all over again. That might be a thing, but most minor flare-ups can be doused if you just shut down all the oxygen. I don't know. You, I, I don't know if you ever experienced like the flames getting a little bit too high, and then as soon as you close the cover. It's all good. I see that all the time, especially with doing wood burning. Anytime the wood ignites and it gets too much oxygen, 
it will cause the charcoal to also flare up and then you got a campfire <laughs> like while you're cooking the chicken and the, and the grease is popping off the chicken and then everybody was like "Woo, bonfire yeah you almost get everything on fire don't have your grill too close to the house because nope. you might catch that on fire and you would be the person where who's being made fun of on the neighborhood Facebook page when the fire department has to come out. <laughs> or you um or you put your um final side on fire or it starts to shrink shrink because of the heat. You know, I was in an apartment once and I almost caught the whole building on fire. I'm not gonna I can say that now. <laughs> In electric grills, you think, oh, you won't have that problem. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's got heat. <laughs> it has heat. There you go. I don't they don't put that in like that's the kind of thing that they said in, in the what what was it? The uh, the contract. Like <laughs> no charcoal or gas grills. I'm like, you didn't say nothing about electric. All right, here we go. <laughs> Loophole. Whoosh. I was like, oh shit. We were right by trees too, and that time of year, the, the branches got kind of long, and they were coming up right close to the edge of the porch. Oh man, if I didn't get out there, <laughs> I, I had like less than one minute to get out there before shit just went all the way wrong. Mm. Building got, caught on fire, the trees caught on fire. Yeah, yeah, all that, <laughs> all that caught on fire, and it was your fault. Now, now. Now you, you got to pay for all that somehow. You get kicked out of your apartment. Even if they didn't burn down anything, you're like, well, you started a fire. They're not going to look past that, buddy. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so it was good having you on the show, man. Um, so what's coming up next for you? What do you plan to grill um, soon? Um, what, are, what are your plans for the holidays? I'm right now they're up in the air. I'll be... Um traveling for the holidays mostly oh cool where are you going um i hate this city columbia oh columbia it's not too far i know but i, I just don't like going on there yeah i don't like Nothing. Columbia either like something about columbia i'm not saying columbia is a bad place i'm not either. I, I just don't i just don't like it yeah i don't like it either like when I have to drive between the like, back and forth from Atlanta to Charleston, I usually go through Columbia. And every time I drive to Columbia, I'm like, I haven't always felt this way either. So sorry if I offended somebody, <laughs> but I'm like, ew, <laughs> something just don't feel right. You know, it don't sit right with my spirit. So just like, how do I get out of here as quickly as possible? I always felt awkward every time I went to Columbia. Every time is just like something is weird about this this town. I just can't put my finger on it. Mm, bad vibes. Mm, all right. As soon as I gas up, I'm out there. I'm out there like I'm out here like like uh, Kurt McGowdy. Oh, whatever his name is. <laughs> yep. So, what else are you gonna grill um, coming up in the in the near future? I don't know. I um really haven't made any plans right now. Well, when you do, share it with me, and we can talk about it on the next podcast. 
Uh, tell people. So, are you going to try to do podcasting again? Because I know you had Jimbo's nose and and all that going on, and you know you took a hiatus, maybe because or, or around the time that I did. So, are you planning on picking that back up? I'm thinking about it, but um, all depends on how work goes. You know how that always goes back to the work thing when people schedules and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're always welcome on the show. Um, keep cooking steak uh, because I'm sure you will. Oh yeah, not gonna quit <laughs> doing that. <laughs> keep um, uh, keep on keeping on with your business. I'm glad that you're doing well with that, and everything's turning out great. Um, hope you stay healthy, and you're always welcome to be on the podcast anytime. Just hit me up. All right, thank you, thank you. And just in case you do start that podcast back up, how can people find you on social media? Um, mostly on Instagram. I won't accept you on Facebook. I get too many requests on there. I don't, and I don't even know the people. Um, Instagram, um, Jimbo29414. Cool. Are you still on Twitter? Yeah. It's the same handle for that one, too. Okay. We got to talk about The Walking Dead final season once the second half starts. So I will be having you on the Mavcast to talk about that. This that le- means this you have to catch up. That means I got to catch up. That means you have to catch up. Yes, it does. Yep. <laughs> I already know. You got to catch up. I haven't seen you tweet about it in a couple of years, so that, that tells me everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you for coming on the show, and uh hope everyone has a great weekend, and stay blessed and safe out there. I am going to close down the show with this hot track. I don't want to win, I don't want to say